Hi, my name is Theo, and you are listening to Between Two Trains. We bring you the best and brightest entrepreneurs in the North DeKalb area on the 1st and 15th of every month. Today, your co-hosts are Van Pappas and Eric Most. And now, Between Two Trains. Welcome to another Between Two Trains. This is Van, your friendly financial planner. And this is Eric, your better business banker. All right, and so let's just disclose, we had some technical difficulty. We recorded this episode. <laughs> we did. And we got to the end, and it completely went haywire. So we are doing this for a second time, so hopefully our guests are going to be very kind to go over all the information one more time. And who are our guests today? Well, we have, I'm going to mess up the name again, Beth Schmeling. 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 I suck at names. Schmeling. If you listen to every episode of Between Two Trains, I mess up every name. I just go by Schmeling. And with her is Megan Chung, and they are from the um, Elaine Clark Center, uh, located on Peachtree Boulevard. Um, and before we get started in talking about the programs, I want to talk a little bit about the history and where you all started. Um, it was started in the 60s and 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, I don't remember her name now, a sister... Robert Therese. Robert Therese. Mm-hmm. And she started helping uh, disabled children, right? Correct. So tell us a little bit about her. She's not alive anymore, I understand. No, Sister Robert Therese is no longer alive, and All she right. was with... Immaculate Heart of Mary, Catholic Church. All right. Um, but, but we didn't name it after her. We did not name it after her. The, everybody asks, who is Elaine Clark? And is she still alive? And the, the answer to that is no, she, Elaine Clark is no longer alive. But Elaine Clark was a little girl, and she was born in the 60s, and she was born profoundly deaf. And when she was born, her family was told to forget that they ever had her, put her in an institution, because she was just going to be a burden to the family. Well, the Clark family did not do that. They kept Elaine at home, but there were no educational options for children with special needs at that time, which is why you know parents were encouraged to forget that they had these children because there were no services. And Elaine worked, you know, when she was with her mom, she'd stayed at home with her mom and grow out in the community with her mom, but her dad was also a very active part of her life. Um, and he used to volunteer at Immaculate Heart of Mary Catholic Church because they were big members there. And Elaine would go over with Frank when he was doing work, and Sister Robert Therese saw her and said, well, why don't you bring her to me because I'll teach her. And she was a nun that she taught at the school. And from Elaine, it started as one child, then two child children, then Elaine five. Elaine was the very first child? Ten. Elaine was the very first child. Oh. So it grew, and as it grew, um, the church, the order said, your calling is to teach at the school, not to teach this class. So she had to make a choice. So she had to choose whether to stay a nun in her order, or she had to leave the church and go ahead and move on with the school. And she chose to leave the order and became the first executive director of the Elaine Clark Center. Mm-hmm. And that's her name is Dorothy Miller. And... It was named after Elaine Clark because Elaine, unfortunately, passed away. She was hit by a car. And she was hit by a car because she was outside and she was playing. And she ran into the street and she was struck by a car. Mm -hmm. But this was a child that was never going to do anything. They said, forget her. She was outside playing with her friends. She was learning to read. She was learning how to speak. She was functioning in the world. And that's what we take um, from the name, the Elaine Clark Center, is 
They said Elaine would do nothing. So anybody who walks in our doors, we look at them as the potential of what they can be and what they will do rather than the diagnosis or any problem that the child might have. Now, fast forward to today, you have a bunch of different programs. Let's talk about some of the different programs you have. Okay. We serve children from six weeks to 25 years old, and we have three really separate components, um, probably more like four different programs. We have an early childhood program, which is child development. It's an AC-accredited child care center that's laid into an early intervention format. So I ha- we have really low ratios, and we have a lot of expertise on staff with a inclusion specialist, a therapy team, as well as a nurse that can work with kids who have special needs. And in that program, it's 50-50. So there's 50% typical kids and 50% children with special needs. And the goal is to keep the program small enough so that there's good social interaction. And the typical children are the role models, social support, for our children with special needs. Because no matter how good a therapist is, they're not as good as their friend. (laughs) So when they make friends that can do things, they're going to imitate their friends. Then we have an out-of-school services program, and that's from 5 to 22 years old. So we take children with special needs who come from the public school programs. We provide services anytime when school's out. So we have summer camps. We have Thanksgiving respite is coming up next week. So when school's out, we'll have um, camp open for them. We have after-school services, as well as when and anytime schools close, we're open for out-of-school so services. So you're really a 12-month-a-year facility. We are a year-round facility. When the schools are closed, we are more busy. Really? <laughs> if, we have more, we have we have, kids. Exactly. We double our population. Okay. Wow. But now the facility is only so big. For those that don't know, it's located on Peachtree Boulevard, just a little bit uh, down from Claremont Road. And um, you all sort of sit down in a hill, so it's kind of hidden. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it, you're limited, right? How, how many kids can you have in there? We hold our children that we have in the program to about 100. Okay. We do that because we want to make sure that we have appropriate interactions and spaces for the kids that are in the program rather than cramming a lot of children into a building. We are prob- we're licensed for 200, but to have that many kids with that many diverse um, abilities is really hard to manage. Mm-hmm. So we would rather go for a small quality program than a large program that serves tons of children. So I would think because you have a lot of different kids with different issues, you have mm-hmm. to have a lot of different specialized teachers, right? We do. Um, How difficult is that? It is difficult to find some after-school staff and things of that nature. And it's hard to find the right staff who are committed to working with this population because it is so diverse. But what we found is that when we find the right people with the heart that want to do the work, we can go ahead and provide the training. So we have a really, really good therapy team, an OT, an occupational therapist, speech therapist, and physical therapist that work with classroom teachers and help explain what's going on with the child. We have an inclusion specialist that can help teachers adapt In our academy program, we have special education teachers, master's degree that works with our OSS program as well as as with our CBVT programs so that we have the staff that can support the workers on an everyday basis. So our regular teachers 
they might not all have degrees. They all have CDAs. They all have, you know, experience. CDA, what's that? Child Development Associate Certificate. Okay. Um, and then and these, some of them have two-year degrees. Some of them have four-year degrees. Do they have to get the same kind of uh, certifications that, like, a regular school teacher gets? Absolutely. Um, in our regular, in our, in our academy, we have master's degree teacher okay. on special ed. In the child development program, about thirty percent of our teachers have degrees in education, and then or a four-year degree in education, and then the rest would have either a two-year or a certificate. So you're talking six classrooms. So we have quite a few teachers that have their degrees, but we provide that support staff on top of it, even if they have a degree in education, because sometimes what you're taught in the book and what you see in reality are two different things, and we provide a more therapeutic base of care. So what you're taught in special education is not always the goals that we're looking for. Sometimes we're looking at socialization, so learning how to build relationships with your friends and making choices. So some of the behaviors and things that we accept are a little bit different right. than in other programs. In theory, reality and theory are the same. <laughs> In theory. <laughs> so, in theory, that is true. So in terms of the campus itself, because it's hidden, I've never you know, driven down Absolutely. there. Is it just indoor space? Is there outdoor space? How big is the property? Our original building was 12,000 square feet. We just added 9,000 square feet for our older programs, for the out-of-school services programs. So we have about 21,000 square feet altogether. So it's a big, it's, it's a space. big building. Exactly. Yeah. It was an old IBM warehouse that we renovated in 1976. And it's been renovated a couple times since then, but not many. <laughs> and then we have a really great outdoor space. So if you go down Peachtree Boulevard, you'll see that we have trees at the top of the hill. Yeah. We're probably the only original trees left on Peachtree. Um, yeah, it kind of hides you. Absolutely. People don't know you're down in that and, hole because yeah. of all those trees. Right, and we kind of like it that way, and it used to be a lot more trees. Yeah. Um, the only thing I'm disappointed is that the the arching sign is gone. I know. Everyone loved that, that sign as you came in. Um, is there, I guess there's really no way to do that again and put that back up after y'all, when you did the development and added the 9,000, you had to come up to code with some stuff. Right. And when we, when we added, so the code doesn't allow for that. The code doesn't allow for an, well, it allows an for an arch, but the way we had to change our road at the top of the hill, mm -hmm. our drive out for the DOT, it would be too wide to actually fit. And it would be hard for us. To, to place it farther down the hill, and it wouldn't be any wait, use wait, wait. to us. Wait, wait, You're saying it, the, it. the entrance is too wide to put an arch on? Well, it would be very expensive. Oh, well, we, we, can, we can raise the money. We can raise the money. If we raise the money, though, the problem is that there's still a code problem, right? Shambly's yeah, it's no longer, right, because our arch so was kind of a grandfather So city council members that are listening to this, we're coming to ask you to change the code because that was an iconic sign. It I loved was, it. It absolutely was an iconic sign. And we are, we do have a monument sign that we have had designed. Okay. That has an homage to the to the to arch at the, the front, the but arch. it's not actually the arch. But what I would love to do is because there's a beautiful brick wall <laughs> between the old building and the new building, uh -huh. it would be absolutely wonderful to find somebody who would want to do a mural of our old arch On there. That. Yes. All right, we'll see what we can do. Stay. I will get talk after mm -hmm. 
after the show about what we can do to help you get that done. Van's going to build an arch over his driveway. I, I'm gonna, I <laughs> well, would love and to they, build I, I wish I could do that. They took it down on a weekend when I wasn't there because I wasn't letting them take the arch down. Oh, wow. um, and they're like, it's got to go. we got to keep working. So the developers said. The, the, contractor our, our, the contractor's said, like, it's got to go. go. We can't put this driveway exactly. in like that there. And it was, I mean, it was huge. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, so now you have this, 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 you know, almost like a dilemma where you don't get the, the from the vantage point of the traffic that goes People by on a daily basis. Yeah, they don't you don't see, see that. it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, the name itself doesn't, you know, exactly scream what you do. How do you find families? How do you find people that need Ooh, and great really question. value from this care? Just word of mouth or what? We do a lot of word of mouth. The therapeutic community knows our programs very well. So we get a lot of referrals from Babies Can't Wait, from the school system, Marcus Center, local therapists, CHOA, people who know what it is that we right. do. Mm-hmm. But nobody really knows what we do unless you have a child with special needs. Right. Yeah. And that's why we got brought oh, Megan in. <laughs> I've, I've lived here for a long time. And I think Eric and I talked about this you know, for a long time. We thought it was just a daycare. Yes. And we are so much more. Yeah. And we like it to be just a daycare for the families, especially if they have special needs. Because we want them to feel like this is they have a totally typical normal life. Yeah. Just like anybody else with kids. So that's the goal of it. But we do much more than daycare. So, Beth, you mentioned you brought Megan in uh, to focus in an area. What's that area? Okay, so my title is Fundraising and Communication Coordinator. And so when I tell people that, everyone asks if I'm going to ask them for money. (laughs) Um, um, But sort of the approach I'm taking with that is to just get the word out about the Elaine Clark Center in the community again. I think it's the things that you two have said to us today are things that we hear all the time where's the sign oh I didn't realize what you did I this is what I thought you did and um whether it's I've I've heard summer camp I've heard like just like K through 12 school like with the public school system and we are just um uh, did you mention in this recording that it's our 50th birthday? I did no. not. Okay, no. so, uh, <laughs> you didn't mention that in the first time we, we oh, tried yeah, this. Oh, yeah, this is our 50th birthday. We started in 69 okay. at the Ealing Clark Center. And so with, I feel like all the pieces sort of go together. It's our 50th birthday. Um, we are um, looking at our the history of who we are. And so what are we going to move to now? Like 50 is great, but we're going to be around for 50 more years what, what's that going to look like and um just reevaluating who we are how we're going to continue uh our programs have changed a lot during the years and so how are our programs going to change to continue meeting families needs because that's every time there is a change in our program is because the family's needs change so um and so i guess it all ties together into what we've been, who we are now, and who we're going to be, continuing to serve the families in this community, continuing to be a part of this Chambly community, and what that looks like, whether you are just a local supporter uh, who lives in Sexton Woods behind us, and you, but you're interested in the center. If you are a family who has a child with uh, Down syndrome, if you are... Um, a high school volunteer who likes to come mm-hmm. and volunteer after school. We you get some of those. You oh, get high schoolers from Shambly High. Um, we get some from Shambly, yeah. but a lot from Marist. Marist yeah. is a lot. Well, that makes sense. Those are you know Catholic schools, yeah. and y'all sort of even though you're not a Catholic organization, you have those roots, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and so we're just sort of taking uh, 
all of the pieces of what we're doing and how we are connecting with everybody in our community is what's what's happening right now. <laughs> well, I, I'm interested to expand a little bit more on this fundraising because I think the people listening uh, don't realize that you are not part of the DeKalb County school system, so you don't get any of those mm -hmm. county dollars. You may get some state funding of sorts, mm -hmm. but I would think most of it, tell us a little bit about the fundraising and where the money comes from to pay for the teachers and the programs. Right. And We have to fundraise between 35 and 40%. Of our income of our income every year which is really good for a small nonprofit our size because 60 percent 60 to 65 percent then come from program fees but the other pieces that we fundraise for program fees covers the teachers you call them program fees not tuition it, exactly okay. <laughs> I'm an old social services okay right. <laughs> well and you can enroll in any time this isn't a uh, that's true uh, you could just that's come right for it's not tuition break for or, a semester or something yeah. Yeah. exactly so program fees I got exactly. it I like it I like it so the the additional amount we do in different ways mm -hmm. so one of the things is we're not tied to raising all of our funds from one place so we are not tied to the state less than 10 percent of our income comes from the state mm -hmm. we're not tied to any one specific grant which can be scary sometimes because you're always out looking but we're not dependent on any one source. Do you have families that, you know, have to rely on, like, Medicaid or Absolutely. government assistance programs Absolutely. to help pay those program fees? Yes. And one of the, the big things that we do fundraisers for, we just finished the 5K, mm -hmm. which was for our Frank Clark Memorial Scholarship Fund. And 40% of the kids... Frank Clark, that was the father? That was Elaine's father. That was her father. And when I started, Elaine, he was still alive when I started at the center in 2001. Okay. And the one thing that he wanted to make sure is that this organization served all children, not just families who could afford to pay. Right. So about 40% of our kids are scholarships. Because yeah, I was curious, you know, we, we obviously in Huntley Hills, we have an elementary school that has a special needs kids program mm -hmm. that's funded by the county. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, you know, if I'm a parent and I have this situation, and I say, hey, you know, I can send them to Huntley Hills, and that's free, or I come to you, and I have to pay. And we would, a lot of the times, we're looking at kids who are scholarshiped out when they're not in the school system. Okay. But we do have kids in our academy programs that are scholarshiped. But what we look at is we have a social service coordinator that works with the families in order to evaluate what their income streams are and what they can actually afford. And we will not... We'll direct families to do things that are financially sound for them. You guys could probably appreciate that, yeah. <laughs> being in the business that yes. you're in. Because if the family is stressed and all that, and there's all that stress that goes around finances as well as having a child with special needs, that compromises the child. So what we do is we do provide scholarships. Every scholarship recipient has to pay something. Nobody gets a free ride, so to speak but we make it so that any family can attain. And that's where most of our fundraising comes from. So all that fundraising dollars that we bring in would cover those types of programs. And it's about 250000 a year. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, we are up to our break where we need to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to play a fun game um, where uh, our sponsor, the Chambliers Hardware, is going to uh, give you a gift card if you can answer two of the three of these questions correctly. And um, we'll be back right after the break. Well, you promised us this before. <laughs> <laughs> 
Looking for an affordable, functional, and creative space to work? Check out 3411 Coworking in downtown Chambly. They have flexible month-to-month -month office space options that include fiber internet, meeting rooms, printing, coffee, snacks, and networking events. 3411 Coworking is the perfect place for entrepreneurs, remote workers, and small business owners looking for a one-stop shop for your professional needs. Stop by for a tour Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and see how 3411 Coworking can work for you. All right, welcome back to Between Two Trains. My name is Van, and we come to you on the 1st and the 15th of every month. And uh, this recording was done before the end of the year, um, but you are, if you're listening to it right now, it's the middle of January, so hopefully you had a great new year. And we are going to be bringing you some great new guests uh, in the 2020 year. In fact, Eric, in February, we are having our two-year Between Two Trains anniversary. So we are going to have a special event for our two-year. 720 days. Yeah. Keep it rolling. <laughs> so, so I love that banker quick math. So um, we are going to play, uh, what, what did we decide we were calling this? Can you ace it? Can and you, you know, Van, I, I couldn't uh -oh. think of a better way to start off a new decade mm -hmm. than playing this game. Can you We've ace got it? Beth and Megan from the Elaine Clark Center embarking on their 51st year of existence, doing great work in the community, and they're going to about to do some great work on this. Well, hopefully quiz. they can get two of the three of these questions correctly. I've to got win faith. the Ace Hardware, the Chambly Ace Hardware, <laughs> and they can take this gift card in to see Brian Fisk and his staff at Chambly Ace Hardware. They're such a great next time. You need paint for that mural project. Absolutely. We need to go to Chambly Ace Absolutely. Hardware located in Chambly Plaza. So, Eric, take it away. All right. So, Elaine Clark Center resides in DeKalb County, and this quiz is all designed what do you know about decap oh. <laughs> no 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 come on oh ye of little faith let's go i feel good about multiple well you're better than most of our, you're better than most of our guests because there's two of you so you have double the chance there of we getting go. that right exactly um no pressure all right first question breathe um which of these attractions calls decap county home either a one of the five remaining drive-ins in georgia B, the very first Waffle House, or C, a graveyard that is located in the parking lot of Walmart. That sounds so fun. Of a Walmart. Of a Walmart. Let's make sure that we say the sentence I was going to say, I know it's not this Walmart. I don't think Shambly City Council would let us have a graveyard. There's a second level to that parking deck. I don't know if you know. I know. I was here when they built it. What do you think? Wait, what are the options? Let me, oh, she needs. Megan needs the quite the answer. We, we will. We will. Either a one of the five remaining drive-ins in Georgia, b the very first Waffle House, or c a graveyard that is located in the parking lot of a Walmart. Yeah, I think it's a. I like that. A, a. you're going with a. Mm-hmm. But guess one, what? It's one. actually all three of them. Oh, really? That's what I was gonna guess that, but the the Avondale, the Avondale Mall, which is no longer Avondale Mall, it's now a Walmart, um, was ah. gifted by a family that had a private graveyard, and uh, part of the uh, land uh, the developer had to keep the graveyard intact. So if you go behind that Walmart, there's a little graveyard, and huh. of course we all know Waffle House started in DeKalb County. That's so. true, but there. I did not know that. That's yeah. a, that's an all-star. 
Yeah, and in fact, in that fact, was, the, which you would the, have been right. <laughs> that very first Waffle House is now the Waffle House Museum. They turned that; it closed for a while, became some, like a Chinese restaurant, and then they re they rebought it and turned it into the Waffle House Museum. It's not an active Waffle House. And the Waffle House Foundation does support the Elaine Clark Center. Oh, excellent! They're one ding, of ding, your ding. one of your sponsors. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Well, we are smothered and covered over here <laughs> between two trains. Let's roll on to question number two. Uh, <laughs> Which of these famous people came from DeKalb? A. Radio personality Ryan Seacrest. B. Comedian Jeff Foxworthy. Or C. Actor Zach Galifianakis. Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't one. think it was Ryan Seacrest. My high school He's government from teacher s- went he to was high from- school with them. He was in Sandy Springs. Yeah. Oh. Maybe then. Okay. What do you think? Zach Galifianakis and... I don't even know Jeff Zach Jeff Galifianakis. Is. Zach Galifianakis is the guy, the crazy He's comedian that played in... Uh, the Hangover. The Hangover. Okay. He was Alan. Okay. Yeah. Well, he could be from DeKalb. <laughs> what do you think? Give us an answer. Um, if he, if, I'm going to let are you, you, are you Are you go. sure he's from Sandy Springs? 90%. <laughs> That's more sure than I am about any of the other ones. Okay, go for so, A. Ryan? Uh-huh. You Woo-hoo! are correct. You are Ryan correct. Seacrest went to Dunwoody High School. Uh, Jeff Foxworthy's from Roswell, Georgia, and Zach Galifianakis is not from Georgia at all. <laughs> he just didn't he go to the University of Georgia? He might have. His so uncle <laughs> and aunt live here in DeKalb County and go to the Greek church on Claremont. I, he's not from here. I don't know that about Zach. I'm just spreading rumors. No, I, mean, I know. We've got a lot of Bulldog fans. So his uncle, glad... At church, his uncle loves to tell everyone at church about how his uh, his nephew is uh, this big-time actor. Ryan Seacrest. All right. Dunwoody High School. Ryan Seacrest, yes. All right. And so the we, third and final question. Got, we, we are two for two. Two for two. So we know we've no won, pressure. so the pressure is off. Sitting next to two all-star specials here. <laughs> Love we it, got man. the third the house reference. We keeps on going. <laughs> All right. DeKalb County houses one of the largest collections of mummies in the southeast. This is located at Netherworld Haunted House in Stone Mountain, the Shambly City Council, or the Carlos Museum at Emory. Oh, did you say mummies? Mummies. Mummies. Largest collection of As mummies. As in King Tut, not baby mamas. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think it might be the Carlos Museum. I agree. Wow! Three for three. <laughs> Obviously, if uh, any council members are listening to this, we did not put the Shambly City Council in there as any derogatory mention. The phone is still playing. <laughs> Um, yeah, the Carlos Museum over at Emory, great museum. If you ever have a chance, go over and check it out. They have a big collection of mummies. Very cool. So. Well, thank you so much for playing. You won the Ace gift card. You, so you when, you have a, when you have a project and you need some supplies, go in and we see sure Brian will. Fisk. He will walk you directly from the door to whatever you need. They are great over there in Shambly Plaza. And I know everyone just started their New Year's resolutions, and they've got those goals. Everyone's motivated for the new decade. And I learned from Megan in the break that there is a 5K fundraiser for the Elaine Clark Center. So, Megan, why don't you just go ahead and advertise that? Sure. So our annual Hustle for Hope 5K starts 
season finishes at Keswick Park in the Sexton Woods neighborhood, it is in November, so you have plenty of time to train for that 5K. <laughs> Do we have anything coming Put up before Put it on your calendar. So, <laughs> so obviously this is January mm-hmm. here. What do we have? Do we have any spring we fundraisers? Do. We will be hosting our cocktail party fundraiser at the factory atlanta oh, just I, down the road from here yes yes street. regina Ware. she came mm-hmm. on the show uh early mm-hmm. on and in, in between two trains she's got mm-hmm. a great facility there yeah. i like the idea of a cocktail party yeah. tell me more <laughs> <laughs> so we host our cocktail party um heavy hors d'oeuvres and a silent auction and we're introducing a paddle raise this year which will be very fun but we try to keep it fun and entertaining we'll have some okay. games and as a I, I don't want to say homage but uh <laughs> <laughs> um games sort of like what we do at school <laughs> sometimes and we'll have some games and activities um entertainment so it's always a fun night All so right. we hope everyone can come out if they're interested check out our and website that's, and that's in february it's in may in yeah. may first in weekend may. in may all right you need to give us the date and we'll put it in the comments below your show okay. notes okay. so that everyone can see it and it's we all of our fundraisers are geared towards easy living so this is not a highbrow fancy fancy fundraiser so mm-hmm. if you want to dip your toe into the charitable events mm-hmm. this is a great way for people to do it we have a lot of fun well thanks so much for coming on if uh someone does have a child that needs to come to you what what should the people listening do they just call you up or stop by or what do you want them to do they can give us a call um 770-458-3251 um the receptionist jill will answer the phone and she always can find somebody or you can go on our um, website at elaineclarkcenter.org and hit info at ecc.org and it will come right to us and we will get back to you as soon as possible Well, thank you, Beth. Thank you, Megan, for coming on. And uh, we look forward to great things from the Elaine Clark Center. Eric, parting words? Anything from Chase Bank? Um, Have a great year. There's no no better time to start saving than in the first quarter, so you can make it it to the fourth. I love it. (laughs) Thanks, all. We'll be back in two weeks with another great episode of Between Two Trains.